Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year, even during the spooky month of October. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. I can't believe it's October already, guys. I know, it's crazy. Could somebody tell Mother Nature? (laughs) Yeah. Tom's really ringing in the fall season with a pumpkin-flavored popsicle (laughs) because it's hotter than Hades here. We needed ice, right, y'all? Yeah. Yes, here too. But at least the nights have been cooler, at least here. Like we've been sleeping with the windows open at night instead of the air. But during the day, I'm blasting that air. Yeah. It hasn't been getting cool enough here yet to do that at night. That sucks. Do you know, did your kid have your kids picked out any of their Halloween costumes yet? Do they know what they want to be this year? So Hannah will not be dressing up. She has band practice that night. Ethan will what? not be dressing up because he doesn't want to. So ah, he wants to hand you. out candy. Well, he wants to hand out candy. I'm like, you can dress up and hand out candy. I mean, that's what I do. Every year. That's what I do. And too. he just not, not there. And then Gabe is a hot dog, <laughs> which is like my favorite thing ever. Actually, let me let me take a second and post a picture in Slack because it really is all that in a bag of chips. I want to put this on social media somewhere because. So while you're looking is, for that picture, I will vouch for your statement that dressing up and handing out candy is awesome. Oh, it yeah. It really is. I dressed up as Batman one year and opened the door and this little four-year-old boy was dressed as Batman and he was just in awe because he thought it was a real Batman handing out candy. Oh my <laughs> That's amazing. Like, that kid probably wanted to go by your house all the time after that. Yeah, I bet. Oh yeah. So yeah, Gabe's a hot dog and we're not real sure what Jude's going to be yet. I'd what about Ellie? Tom? Like, Ellie yeah. has her opinion this year and we're trying to fight it. She just what wants to like, ghost. Supposed like to be a ghost? That's yes. Like a little sheet ghost. Yeah, like the cute versions. Like yeah. taking a little blonde haired blue eyed girl and putting a white sheet on her head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously? No, she's just a ghost. No one's gonna think that on Halloween. I would have I wouldn't have oh, thought that costume is awesome, Julia. That is amazing. I would not have Great. thought that at all five years ago, but now I'm a little more concerned, y'all. No, it's Halloween and she's how old is she? Four or five? Three. You just said it. Three. You just what? said it, and I didn't. What if, I didn't internalize it. Uh, no. We want her to be she Michelle Tanner. Like, who do you want her to be? <laughs> Michelle Tanner. Oh, oh man, you got it, dude. <laughs> yep she's she's got that she's got that down, and the you're in big trouble, Mister. And Christine even found the perfect dress for it. Oh, that's funny. 
Well, if she insists on being a ghost, why don't you dress her up like not the chic kind? Like the Haunted Mansion or Morning Myrtle type ghost? Nope, nope. She went the sheet. Ooh, haunted Mansion. I mean, the, the sheet ones are very cute. Yeah, sheet ghosts are great. Yeah, they are. You could have her carrying around a small pumpkin. That way people know it's a ghost and not... Yeah, she'd be a Charlie Brown... It's a great oh pumpkin gosh. Charlie Brown ghost. <laughs> straight up. So what are you and Sarah dressing up like this year? Or can you reveal that? I haven't decided yet. I haven't decided yet. Seems late. Have to, I know. Have to figure it out. All hmm. the people will be gone soon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did y'all see Jennifer Lawrence shared her entire wedding registry on Amazon? No. No. She's getting she married? Wants, who's, she mar- who's she engaged to? Mm-hmm. Is she still seeing Nicholas Holt? Is that who she's with? I don't know. I was just impressed that I have some of the stuff she's asking for, so it makes me feel like I'm cooler. That's funny. Uh, so you're she's, one asking of the, she's asking for one of the Dutch the Dutch oven I have, for the ninja foodie that I have. Yeah. Nice. I suddenly feel very fancy. You should. I always, I always knew you were part of the 1% tone. I wish. We'd have a lot cooler stuff going on for our podcast if I were. We would just take over the world with ads and get people to listen to us all the time. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited to talk about the music from tonight, y'all. I'm excited to talk about this movie in general. So for those of you who don't know, we are covering 2017 slash 2018 musical Christmas zombie film, Anna and the Apocalypse. New synopsis soon to be high school anna has her whole life figured out she's gonna go away she's gonna travel the world come back and go to college despite her father's protests everything looks great on paper until we have a zombie apocalypse her town is taken over by flesh-eating bloodthirsty raids zombies anna finds herself with a small group of people some friends some enemies and some people some acquaintances as they struggle and fight to stay alive and get reunited with the ones they love yeah, that's pretty much it. It's yeah, do it. It's a zombie apocalypse set at Christmas. What could be better? Musical. It's like a genre-breaking movie. It's awesome. It, it is. So, spoiler alert, all three of us love it. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. So let's do it, run through the cast real quick, and it should be really quick because there's not a lot of credits to anyone's name. So Ella Hunt plays our protagonist, Anna Shepard, and she was in Les Miserables for about Overlords, uh, the ITV comedy series Cold Feet, the ITV drama series Endeavor. She was in Intruders. Were either of you familiar with this girl before this film? Uh-uh. I have seen Les Mis, but she didn't really... 
I didn't I didn't yeah. make the connection until I read that. Who was she in Loomis? She was Turning Woman. Oh, so she was an extra, basically. Yeah, I don't I didn't make any connection at all with that until I read that she was in in Loomis. Uh, playing Anna's father, Tony Shepard, is Mark Benton. And he was in Early Doors, Northern Lights, Waterloo Road. He took part in Strictly Come Dancing in 2015. Oh, did he really? Yep. I don't know what that is. It's a <laughs> reality show over the across the pond. Is it like Dancing with the Stars? Uh, similar to that. Uh, he hosted a daytime game show, The Edge, and he plays the part of Frank Hathaway and Shakespeare and Hathaway Private Investigators on the BBC. Hmm. Any of you? He looked kind of familiar, he, but I sure don't recognize anything you just mentioned. I feel like he looked like. Uh, a typical British extra in a lot of films. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> do American extras have a typical look? Yes. Do she really? Look? Paul Kay plays our antagonist, Arthur Savage, and as principal. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Ugh. He starred in the Sunday Show. He. Been on MTV Strutter. He was in Game of Thrones, most famously, at least to Americans, probably. And he's on the BBC comedy Mongrels. Uh, I only know him from Game of Thrones. Yeah, I don't know him from anything. And then uh, we have a whole bunch of Anna's friends, many of whom haven't had any starring roles, so I'm not going to go through their credits, but. Uh, Malcolm Cumming plays John, her best friend. Sarah Swire plays Steph. Christopher Leverell plays Chris. Ben Wiggins plays Nick. Marley Sioux plays Lisa. I think that's pretty much everyone, right? I think so. So this film, sadly, never got like a wide Didn't, release. Was it, it ever even... There was no theatrical release, was there? There was a very brief limited run. So this premiered in 2017 at a, um, a Fantastic Fest. And then in it had a Austin, European Texas. At That's when most of the cast actually saw the movie was in Austin. They hadn't seen it until they got to the film festival in August in Austin. And then it had a film premiere in Spain. It wasn't picked up for North American distribution until January 2018. And it was released in the U.S. in November 2018, limited. In a limited release, hmm. nationwide expansion on the 7th of December. Yeah, Julia, what's your history with this film and your overall thoughts about this film? Um, so I remember Anthony sharing the trailer close to Christmas last year. And I remember Tom's response being, oh, can we get another, do we need another zombie movie? Are you freaking kidding me? And I'm like, I don't know, it looks kind of good. And Anthony was like, it's awesome. Because I think you'd seen it, or you were excited to see it. You were excited to see it. Mm -hmm. Tom was like, ugh. And I was like, sure, I'm game. And then it was put on our schedule, and I kept seeing it on our schedule. And so I didn't see it until today. Um, went into it with an open mind. Absolutely loved it. Like, love this movie. I love it. So I'm going to go next because I have a very similar history to you, Julia. <laughs> yes. I remember sharing this with you guys in 2018 because I remember entertainment weekly posting the 
a picture of the poster, which is Anna with a big candy cane shiv in her hand. Yes. And uh, sharing the trailer with you guys. And I remember specifically Tom going, ugh, and then going on a little rant about, do we need more zombie movies? <laughs> How many times are they going to do a zombie apocalypse? I didn't see it for a few months after that. I never got to see it in theaters. <clears throat> I rented it on Amazon a few months later. And I loved it. I absolutely love this film. I watched it again today. I don't only think it's a good movie. I, I think it's a really good musical, too. Like, the songs I found really catchy for the most part, most of them. Yes. And after I saw it for the first time, I did download the soundtrack. So. Yep. Tom, what's your history? I didn't want to see this movie. I wasn't interested. <laughs> Shocker. It looked pretty lame. Uh, but I really like it. A lot. It's a good movie. It's a good musical. Mm-hmm. So you, I'm sure... Both of you will not be surprised to hear that this movie was influenced by a bunch of different things like West Side Story, Rocky Horror Picture Show, The Breakfast Club, the Buffy episode, Once More with Feeling, which is one of the best Buffy episodes, and uh, includes a bunch of nods to Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, The Evil Dead, Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. And I'm just going to say it right now, too. I think it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And I loved, I think they did a really good job juxtaposing the zombie horror stuff with, like, the Christmas Christmas. stuff. Yep. Yep. From the zombie in that snowman outfit that attacks them to making their way through the Christmas tree farm (laughs) in the dark. I loved it. They did such a good job. They really, really did. did. So do you want to start walking us through the plot, Julia? For those who might not have seen it? Sure. So we open up and we have disillusioned main character, Anna, which makes sense because her name's in the title of the movie. (laughs) Sorry about that. Disillusioned main character, Anna. She's about to graduate high school. She wants to take a break in between starting university. Mm-hmm. And that kind of slips out in the car with her dad and her best buddy, John. Uh, John kind of lets it slip. It's a total accident. Anna was not ready to tell her dad because, surprise, her dad loses it and is, like, super upset with her about, you know, wasting her potential and all of this stuff. Um so they get in a little argument. John feels really bad. John, the friend, feels really bad. Um, and, and Anna and her dad leave it on a real sour note, right? Like mm-hmm. she can't wait to get away from him because her mom had died not too terribly long ago. So it's that fractured family. Um, she says things she doesn't mean. The dad says things he doesn't mean. And that's, that's where that's the last time we see them together until the very end of the movie. So I'll say right now, I totally loved the relationship between Anna and John. Like, it felt like a legitimate best friend relationship. Yeah, it did. I can see that. Had great chemistry together. They did have great chemistry together. I totally agree. Absolutely. And I was rooting for John, who has a crush on her. I was also sad, (laughs) y'all. So you see her in her high school setting, and she's just like, annoyed to be there. Like, I feel like a lot of teenagers, um, the great first number in 
the movie I'm looking up. Breakaway. Um, so this is a great one. They're in the lunchroom, right? Lunchroom. Yes. They're in the lunchroom and they're, it's, the song is just, I mean, this is what it sounds like, Breakaway, right? And it's kind of like all of these, these people and the main characters in the high school and kind of their own struggles and what they're dealing with. It's a rough age. Yep. They all have like this big life change coming up with graduating high school. And so it's just like so up in the air for them. And the song is fantastic, by the way. And the dancing with it is fantastic in the lunchroom. And like not all of these kids song. have, not my favorite song, but all these no. kids have really good voices. Yeah. Like they all sound really good. And I, I, but they sound real, you know, like the songs sound real. <laughs> And, and really I appreciate that. that too, because I feel with a lot of movie musicals, they'll go for the acting first and then the singing sounds auto-tuned or not that great. Right. But it's clear they cast people who could actually sing in addition to act. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. In the school, they're working on their final Christmas, like not pageant, but play. It's like their Christmas end of end of season play. That's where we meet. Lisa and Chris. Um, Lisa is Anna's really good friend. Chris is Lisa's boyfriend. We also meet Steph, which is kind of um, American for one, right? She had no accent, which I know doesn't mean that she's American, but she didn't have an accent, right? I mean, I assume she was like a foreign exchange student or something. Or okay. moved there or something. Yeah. Right. And she, you can tell, is kind of neglected or she's very separated from her family and she's real discontented with where she is. And she's trying to embrace Christmas for all it is, but it's really hard for her because she's alone. Yep. Um, so we meet Steph. She's a main character. And then we meet Nick, who is the super jerk face ex-boyfriend of Anna, who's a real D-bag, by the way, with all of his old D-bag friends. And he also has a fantastic voice. I mean, he was just really misunderstood. He was not, no, he was not. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you don't realize <laughs> that until later. So we meet our main core group of people, plus we meet bad guy, headmaster Mr. of yeah. the school, Paul K. Good night. What? That How guy. bad this guy was? Yeah, yes. he's bad. I liked um, his character. I mean, I didn't like you him. Did. I thought he was, I thought the actor was very good at playing like this fed up principal. Like I, I, I bought him. Yeah, that's valid. I could see that. He was definitely a psychopath. I mean... <laughs> I mean, you could tell before things but, go down, like, the yeah. way he, when he hears the banging on the auditorium doors, like, the way he throws yeah. them open, he looks like he's gonna, like, beat the crap out of someone if somebody's yeah. out there. Yeah. So, we meet our main cast of characters. Um, we proceed to kind of step through each of their lives. Oh, you can you get a feeling really fast that John is interested in Anna, but he's been friend zoned pretty hardcore. Um, yeah. We get Steph's struggles where she misses her family, and this Christmas thing just doesn't feel right to her where she is. She's a total fish out of water. Um, and then we see Lisa and Chris at this point are just lovey dovey. They love each other so much, and Lisa really loves Anna, and she's really the sweet. <laughs> She's a kind-hearted character. <laughs> she has a really wants, good musical she, number later. She wants to be very much more giving. She she does. She does wants is, to give back to Santa. She yes, ab absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
we hear at the very, very, very beginning of the movie, we start to get these seeds planted that there's something going on internationally or globally. You hear about a epidemic sweeping the nation and it seems like it's, it's a communicable thing. And so you, you get these zombie vibes like right away. Plus you see lots of imagery hidden in the background of like, I think there's something going on TV where somebody's hacking into somebody else's head and you could just, you pick on up on it because you're looking for it because we all know, I mean, it's in the title and in the apocalypse, so you know, there's zombies involved. Um, but I think it's sprinkled in there very smartly. I do too. I can't remember the exact sequence. Then we have the play, right? We have the play, the, the, the concert, Christmas show, the Christmas concert with the awful dancing penguins. Oh my gosh, the penguins <laughs> cracked me up. They, I can stop me up. on stage. And then Lisa comes out to perform, and it yes. is a very overly sexualized attempt to seduce Santa. <sighs> and I mean, it is just, it is as vulgar as it gets. And you see the parents all shifting in their seats, very uncomfortable, except for one guy who's like excited by the song. <laughs> um, and Savage wants to, he, he, he really wants to go after Lisa. He's, he's very, very upset. And this uh, is also this, Anna's dad try to, you know, kind of befriend him a bit. And Mr. Savage yeah. is having none of it. Yep, because Anna's dad works at the school. Uh, as a maintenance man, though, Savage continually calls him a janitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, while all this is going on, Anna and John are at work at the bowling alley. And there's some sort of big um, bachelor party, I guess, by the shirts. Yeah. Um, bachelor party going on and they're kind of annoying and they're the cleaning ladies there as they're closing up trying to get out and <laughs> Anna takes a hockey stick and does a sweet motion of a of getting a shoe in the trash can John tries to throw it and ends up knocking out the janitor <laughs> uh, so, and then so they I all go want, home and I do want to go back to something real quick because I don't think we mentioned it but when when you mentioned Julia how uh, we got this little bit about all their lives earlier. Mm-hmm. I love that song, Hollywood Ending. Yeah, okay. we missed I, we that. That's a, that song that's is amazing. Song. That is a all of these songs are catchy, and I could see them, like, I would listen to almost all the songs. I don't really like Mr. Savage's Rocky Horror Picture Show feel song. No, I wasn't a fan of that one either. Did you get that same, like, Nothing's like, going to stop me now. Like yes. low budget, but it was like a low budget Rocky feel, right? It felt yes. very. I, I did like Mr. Savage and Anna's kind of dueling song later during the climax. As he's got her dad tied up for some weird reason and is. Okay, well, we got to get to that later. We'll get to that. So, but Hollywood ending. Yeah, Hollywood it, ending was awesome. Sing it that's for probably us. my go. third favorite song. So, okay. Oh, so the next. Are we going to rank songs later after, before yes. we get off? Can we? Okay. Can we? For sure. I'd love to. So, so the next day, Anna wakes up, and this is one of my favorite sequences in the film. This is a, yes. this is an amazing song because of what's happening around it. Yeah, and, 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 and Anna and John and John and John, and this is actually my favorite song in the film. So it's yeah. called "Turning My Life Around," and Anna and John separately are getting ready for school, and they're yep. ready to meet each other somewhere. And as they're getting dressed and going around town, talking about you know turning their lives around basically yeah they go to their town headphones in not paying attention to the what's usually their dull boring 
lies around them. And behind them, in the background, completely unnoticed by them, we just see all hell breaking loose. People getting chased by zombies, eaten by zombies. So great. Except for the the stroller. I couldn't do the stroller one. I was like, oh, too much, too much. All the, all the smoke coming up from behind on fire. Mm-hmm. And it, oh, like this sequence is just so well shot. And I'd like to, of, I, I would love to know how long it took to choreograph too. Yeah. It took about six hours. Did it really? I have no way of knowing the answer to that question. Oh, oh I was about you. to say, that seems impossibly short. <laughs> Considering, like, a 30-second talking scene usually takes six <laughs> hours to shoot in a lot of films. <laughs> did y'all, did y'all, have y'all, did we talk about that movie Cooties? Yes, with Dwight and um, Frodo. I think we talked about it. There's an epic scene with a child getting turned into a zombie, a baby getting turned into a zombie that I could not handle. Oh, my gosh. I just couldn't handle yeah. it. Yeah. I was like, nope, I can't do this. <laughs> I looked away for a fraction of a second. Um, I, I really like Anna and John. Like, I really, really do. I really like John. Their, their banter and their teasing just seems so natural. Yeah, it really did. It really did. And so that leads mean, us to the so, first kill. Yes. So Anna, but John is obviously in love with Anna, like we said. Do you feel like she begins to see him in a different light? I did. Yeah, I totally see that. Okay. I, I feel know, like even hard. The, I, I feel like even at the beginning, I was getting the vibes like you know how some, especially growing up at that age, you know how sometimes you think like, oh, somebody might be a good fit for me, but I don't want to ruin things. That was a vibe I was getting from her. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's well, hard plus, to when you've got somebody that cares so much for you to not get that kind of attachment. So maybe that's what we were feeling from her too. Plus right. she's planning on moving. Right. She wants to leave and see the world. And I think maybe that fear that he would hold her back from going to Australia. Yeah. Julia, since you brought it up, do you want to talk about the first zombie kill? <laughs> yeah. So they, they're approached by this, or this snowman just like collapses in front of them. Like in one of those larger, oversized costumes, collapses on their face. And so Anna gets down there and she's checking on. She's like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And then they realize it's a zombie, right? This guy is like in bad shape. It's not a zombie though. (laughs) She doesn't (laughs) think it is. John figures out pretty quick. And so it follows them into this little playground and she ends up decapitating it with a seesaw, (laughs) which was awesome. I, I think we have to we have to to buy into the idea that once these people become zombies, their flesh becomes much weaker because a lot of the kills and a lot of the things that happen don't seem proportion in proportion to what would happen in real life to an actual normal human being. Right. Well, I feel that's the same for every zombie show and movie. Right. Like- yeah, with the ease is. with which like people shove knives into the skull of the zombie on like shows like The Walking Dead, it's like mm-hmm. or or pop a skull open in the back with the bowling balls. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's zombie reasoning. You just go mm-hmm. with it. You go with um, it. So then John and Anna have this discussion on the playground with <laughs> this decapitated zombie behind them with oh my gosh is this what's happening i think this is what's happening no that's not what's happening no i'm pretty sure this is what's happening and then they decide to make a plan to head to the bowling alley um that they feel like might be a safe place because they do realize 
yes, it is zombie. By the end of the conversation, yes, they are zombies and we need to find some place safe. And so then they head to the bowling alley and that's when we kind of snap to uh, it's Steph and Chris, Chris. Yep. in the bowling alley and ready um, to pounce. Yes. And that's where our four of, of, of our people band together then at that point is in the bowling alley. And they hid there because the homeless shelter at which they were volunteering became overrun. I missed that part. Okay. Yeah, they said and, they were filming at the homeless shelter. That's right. That's right. So while this is going on at the school, a bunch of survivors had banded together and it's full of people like uh, Anastad, Chris's grandmom. Yes. Yep, she's uh, at the school. Gran. I feel like Crazy who headmaster. Whose mom was Chris's girlfriend is there. Julie's mother and um, Mr. Savage, who kind of, because it's a school, is like the leader. No, mm-hmm. you know, the leader. He put himself in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and he won't let anyone leave the school, even though a bunch of these parents want to go looking for their kids, especially mm-hmm. Anna's dad. Which I don't think he'd really be able to keep these parents there. He didn't really have that much going for him. No, I know. And when they're about to leave, there's a big explosion and the army, they hear an announcement, stay where you are, to his delight, because he gets to keep them there. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't obvious earlier on in the film when you meet this guy, there is something clearly wrong. He yeah. is a bad dude who has who control issues and uh, he's your typical... <laughs> Somebody who he's he's he portrays his character like your typical nerd who grew up to be in a position of power when he had no friends and everyone bullied him and now he's taking out his misery on everyone underneath him. That's right. He even sounds like it when he sings too. <laughs> yep. So when when does the song Human Voice happen? Is that when they're in the bowling alley and um yes that's and they're watching like the military fighting the zombies right yep oh right it's like after just after they leave the bowling alley right the bowling alley that's when you really get to hear steph's voice she has a bigger part in that one than she has in any of the previous ones right she was in hollywood ending too but and it's a beautiful song yeah it is a beautiful song it's and a beautiful kind of, song. And they're singing about basically how uh, their loved ones, right? They can't talk to their loved ones at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is when they're staying overnight in the bowling alley because they mm-hmm. hear all the fighting going on outside and think, oh, military's here. We're going to be fine mm-hmm. in the morning. Yay! Lo and behold. No. <laughs> how, how do they realize all their loved ones are still at the school and they have to go there? I think they just assume that it's it's like where they're hoping they'll be. Yeah. I think they're just grasping at straws at this point. But what I don't understand, how in the world did the military go down, all law enforcement, everybody's been taken down except these kids? It's a zombie movie. It's a zombie movie. I know, but it's usually like, I don't know. They just seem so... There's inept. no other way to explain it. Usually in all these movies and specials, there's at least one military guy who survives, or the military's mm-hmm. a bad guy, or... Right, there's usually that one person to help 
make it almost believable. I don't want to say actually believable, but almost believable. So when they realize, I don't know. we don't want these kids to be helped out of the bad situation. We want them to do it themselves. Now, and I think this part of the novelty of this movie, you don't get a lot yeah. of zombie movies purely with kids. Yep. Like, and that's kind of why I'm excited for that new Netflix show I was talking, telling you guys about a few weeks ago with Matthew Broderick. Yep. That takes the school. But, um, so when they realize their loved ones are still at the school, they decide to make their way toward the school and they use an inflatable pool as cover, which I found <laughs> very Bizarre. funny. Yeah. I found this funny. Less than smart. And this is when they run into Nick and a bunch yes. of his friends who are kind of loving it. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're meatheads. They're enjoying uh, being these fighters. Soldier at war. Yeah, I, I, I liked that, that song. That song was awesome. Yeah. And he did, some, he did an amazing 80s yell in that song. Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's basically about them singing how to defeat zombies. They're going around killing all these zombies. And, um, yep. And they're really good at it. And they're really good at it. They're the jocks. So they yeah. know how to. So, no, no reluctance or hesitancy about killing these things. Yeah, none. We flash back to the school at this point. And uh, again, all the survivors there getting restless and getting ready to leave. And this is when something snaps in Mr. Savage. Yes. And he says the school belongs to them. And he won't let them leave. School belongs to him. Him, not them. Yeah, not them. And then we get to one of my favorite sequences in the movie, and it's when the kid survivors arrive at this Christmas tree lot mm-hmm. and have to. It's a shortcut, right? They decide to go through this dark warehouse full of Christmas trees, right? Right. Yep. Right. And of course, they're quickly ambushed by zombies in there. Right, because you don't ever go into a dark building. You try and get out of dark buildings. Out of the buildings. Don't go There's... into a dark building, especially not when it's light outside, idiots. And there's pr- some pretty um, creative kills in here. <laughs> yeah, you get a little depth as well from Nick. Because two of his buddies very quickly fall prey. And he's really distraught about it. To a point when they turn into zombies, he can't kill them. Right. Right. Which makes me like Nick a little more. So well done, this movie, for growing some characters. And we should also mention before they head into here, Anna and John, it's not really falling out, but they kind of have this talk where Anna's insistent upon leaving. Yeah, he's like, what are you going to do about that now? I mean, like, look at what's happening around us. Basically, how are you going to get to Australia when we can't even get to the school? And she's like, I'm just going to make it happen. And yeah, and you can tell she kind of breaks his heart in this scene, right? She's she yeah. going. She's determined to leave. Yeah. And, she, and even though she reassures him they'll always be friends, like, she's right. leaving. And it breaks his heart, it which does. makes what happens next it all does. the more much worse. This was the and hardest I straight show up for me. Cried. Did you really? Oh, I was... straight up cried like multiple times in this movie. This was hard for me. This one was really, really hard. Yeah, this one was hard. I agree. Nick, so... they're, 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 as they're going out, uh, Nick just 
gets silly, throws his hand out around a corner, doesn't realize there's a zombie there who comes. John, not Nick. John. Sorry, John. John throws, okay. They come out, they're all feeling like they're in an okay mood. John throws his arms out like wide and doesn't realize that behind the wall next to him, there is a zombie and it bites his hand. And which would be bad enough, but Anna just broke his heart and all these other zombies come in. So John uses his body as a shield for Anna, runs her through the zombie zombies and throws her aside so that she's out. And, the and it was a very eat him. effective scene. Like it was like tense. I felt very tense during the scene when he wraps his body, her body in his and just charges through them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he gets his hero moment and devastates Anna, which leads her to this bad A hero moment of her own because in rage, she takes the lead and basically obliterates just about every zombie in the emporium. Yeah, because it's isn't it Steph that steps up and she's like, get it together, girl. You know? Mm-hmm. And that yeah. turns Anna into our bad A. All right, I will. Yeah. Yep. And then they get to the school. Yeah. And the, and the school is pretty empty, except for Mr. Savage, like, eating dinner alone. Just eating Christmas. He says he's eating Christmas dinner, just calm as can be. Calm as can be. So they come into the cafeteria, and he admits to killing uh, whose mom is it? Was it Steph's mom? Julie's mom? Who was it? It's not Steph's mom. Her parents are in Mexico. Oh, John's mom, Julie, because Anna was wanted to tell her what happened to John. John. Gotcha. But he, right. ki- he killed her. And turns out he killed most of them because he locks these kids in the cafeteria. And all of a sudden, the zombified survivors swarm them mm-hmm. as he's like laughs maniacally and taunts them with his song, Nothing's Gonna Stop Me Now. Yeah. Uh, a very Rocky Horror-esque song, which it totally yeah. gave me those vibes, Tom. It did, yeah. but like like I said, it was a low-budget feel. Right. They had, He had some good lyrics in there, even if I didn't appreciate the song, about, uh, you know, all these years looking at the phone and, you know, turning your mind. I thought some of the lyrics were clever. But Basically, I had no friends and my heart never grew two <laughs> sizes. <laughs> You're hilarious. I never had my Grinch moment. Woe is me. Woe God, is he, me. he looked like a white human Grinch. <laughs> Anna and her group managed to escape the cafeteria, and they split up. And Anna and Nick go to look for Anna's dad, Tony, while Chris and Steph go look for Lisa. Lisa and yep. the grandmother. And, and Steph's car keys, which you forgot to mention at the beginning... Mr. Savage confiscated, right? Because if That's you bring right. your car to school, it becomes the property of the school. <laughs> and basically, they want these keys back so they can all get into the car and leave town. Right. Um, and they discover that the grandmother died of a heart attack, but they find Lisa alive. Yep. And it's sweet because Lisa was, like, devoted to taking care of his grandma when he wasn't there. Like, the whole time she's, yep. you know... Through the whole 
all of the interactions you see at the school when we have Anna and John, everybody else separate from the school, she's like genuinely concerned about the grandma. So she, I mean, her and, um, her and Chris really do have a really good relationship. Like you're rooting for these kids. They're not just some hookup whenever, you know, how like Scream has Mm -hmm. relationships between teenage kids and they're just dumb and stupid. These kids love each other a lot. And, and we see that kids. during that song um, in the school, the one we just talked about, you know, yeah, they're where they're like embracing each other and I don't know, it was beautiful. And then they yeah. die. Yes. They, they do die and it's, it's heartbreaking again. Yes, I cried there too. I cried there too. Because, it, oh, I cried there too. It was heartbreaking. This, it's like you said, Julie, that this movie does a really good job in a short amount of time because it's not a long movie, making you really uh-huh. care about the characters and yeah. really developing them. Which, yes. as we've discovered in some of the films we occur on this podcast, there are some movies, two hours plus, that can't, can't pull do that like, off. Yeah. I.e., Hallmark. There's oh. more character development in this movie. Than there is well, in your but, standard home. You know, when I was reading reviews about this, I saw a review where somebody said that this movie feels like a, a student film project, and I could not disagree more. Well, this film It uh, feels like it feels like it's a lot bigger than a movie that made fifty thousand dollars opening weekend. Mm-hmm. This yes. And it's a shame they didn't give it a wide release, because I think a lot of people would have loved this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I think it could have been a big a, I think it could have been a lot bigger hit. Because That's people were shit. still hungry for People were still hungry for zombies, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was the biggest thing for a while. Mm-hmm. But um, the film, speaking of student films, was directed. It was adapted from a short, like amateur film called Zombie Musical in 2011. Like yep. you'll notice, this film is dedicated at the end to a Ryan McHenry, and that was he, he wrote and directed the film. That's really yeah. Right. He, the one it's based on. Well, the film it's based on, which it's the. Film it's based on is based on a book. Oh, is it? So it's just it's just so meta. Yeah, it's so meta. Yeah, there's a book Anna and the Apocalypse. Oh yeah, you know what? I think I I think I did see that. I wanted to pick it up when I after I really liked the movie. So Anna and Nick kind of have this spat because Nick says something really insensitive about Chris's death, and Anna flips out on him, calls him. You selfish. don't say his name. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is when you really feel for Nick because he confesses, you know, he had to kill his own dad yep. who was bitten. And his dad was kind of taunting him when he did it. Yep. Well, yeah, because he's like, you got to take care of business. You gotta, well, well, I hope make me proud for once in your life. Yeah. Uh, that's just what you want to hear your, as your dad's, as you're taking your dad out. Yeah. And as Anna starts feeling bad, the zombies come in and Nick does the selfless thing and decides to stay and hold them off so Anna can leave find the room and find her dad. Which she does in the auditorium, tied up on stage in this Christmassy set with Mr. Savage, completely bonkers at this point. Mm-hmm. Isn't he tied up with tinsel? Like those, <laughs> Christmas those lights. garlands, those yeah. tinsely garlands. I, mean, oh, I, thought, which, I thought they were lights, but not that it's any better. Oh, maybe they were lights. Okay, th- that made me laugh because this guy's a pretty bigger. It's a bigger guy, and that's yeah, he's a big boy. Very easy to break. He just could have yeah. like flexed and gotten out of it. But, yeah. uh, well, but he's obviously he may be bigger, but we see he's not very either very strong or doesn't know he's strong because as he's fighting Mister Savage later, he doesn't get put up much of a fight. Anna has to help him. 
so yeah. he's on stage tied up. Mr. Savage has him hostage, and it's never really explained why he kept him alive to hold him hostage. Yeah, because it's like he has this personal vendetta against Anna, but you don't but he had get that sense. Lisa or Steph, what right. was her name? Um, yeah, and you don't get the sense that he has any worse of a. You I mean, know. you got the idea that he didn't respect Tony for the janitor job. I never seemed like right. anything more than like. Well, or his obesity. He makes fun of him for being overweight. Yeah. But, but he has him tied up. He taunts Anna, who comes in. All these zombies are in the auditorium. And I really like this sequence, too. Uh, the song, Give Them a Show. Mm-hmm. And Anna and Mr. Savage sing it about. This is. This was my least favorite song. I loved the song. I just didn't like it. I think it's because I was too invested at the time in like wanting Anna just to, to get to her dad. The song felt like yeah. it got in the way. Oh, and I, like- I wanted and I wanted to see Savage get eaten. I like the choreography where Anna's fighting the zombies as she's singing. And I like Savage taunting her while she's doing it. And this uh, is so, where yeah. that candy cane shiv that was in all the posters and everything, and she's beating the crap out of all the zombies in the auditorium. Mm-hmm. She does a okay, clever so, She kicks a kickball down the middle and they all yeah, stumble get on one another and she runs through and gets on stage. Use, uses one as a human ramp. Yep. Um, so let's go to one other zombie movie inconsistency we have here that's kind of obnoxious to me. <laughs> they can't go upstairs. Well, that, I. but more importantly, just in the scene before, we see these zombies very strong and aggressive and moving quickly. And then here they're very lethargic, lumbering, and slow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why in zombie movies are some of them smart and fast and able to do things and other times they're not? Well, some zombie canon, oh, look at me, a zombie expert here now. Some <sighs> zombie explains it away as the faster, stronger ones are the ones who are more recently turned. Right. Come slower and weaker. A la Twilight, The Walking Dead. Yep. But in this situation, we don't have much time for any of them because this didn't exist except the day before. They're all fresh, right? Is that what you're saying? They're all fresh. Yeah, they're all fresh. They're all fresh. That's true. They're all in West Philadelphia, born and raised. Born and raised. Spending most of their days on the playground. Anyway. Uh, Maxon relaxing off, cooling off, shooting some b-ball outside of the school. And then <laughs> guys are up to no good. Start making trouble in the neighborhood. If you listen to the actual version, uh, the album version of that, there are whole verses that I didn't know on it. Oh, I know. Really? Yeah, I no, have, they don't add to it. I have that song on my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> so Anna gets to the stage, frees her father. Mm-hmm. And Tony attacks Mr. Savage until he's begging for mercy. And as mm-hmm. father and daughter go to leave, Mr. Savage goes to ambush Tony. And Anna cuts down a giant Christmas star on the mm-hmm. stage. And it knocks Savage into the zombies off the stage and he's torn apart. And unfortunately here, as if Anna didn't have enough heartbreak to deal with in this film, she finds out her father had been bitten. Oh, it's just so brutal. So brutal. But and Nick Nick comes back and he's okay. She's Nick not is completely okay. alone. 
It's a beautiful scene, by the way. It's completely heart wrenching. I also cried here. And uh, totally- you know what's you know what got me in this out of the, the whole thing between Anna and her dad. What? The scene where he's just sitting there holding this picture the of phone. Anna from his from his, or on his yep. phone. Yeah. And he he drops it, and the last thing he wanted to look at was his daughter's face. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. sweet smile Anna had in the photo was just. Yeah, I'm surprised. Too. I think it's, it's credit to their acting or the writing or both. The fact that they only share two scenes together in this movie, really, and we're this torn up for Anna when she's saying goodbye to her dad. Mm-hmm. It pulled it off. Like, it's heart wrenching. Having a kid has made me into a blubbering baby man with stuff like this. <laughs> so her dad tells her to leave. Uh, Nick comes, takes her outside. There's some funniness here too. Like her dad's like, for once in your life, just listen to me. And then yeah. when Nick comes in, she's like, I'm not thrilled about, he's like, I'm not thrilled about your boyfriend. <laughs> like, <laughs> even with everything going on, he's, he's still, you know, playing the dad. And mm-hmm. I feel, I feel that's very genuine to me. Cause you hear a mm-hmm. lot of times, like, you know, in sit in dire situations like somebody's dying of eternal illness or stuck in a tragedy and you have like these last phone calls it's usually the soon-to-be victim or soon-to-be deceased that's comforting the one who's still going to live on mm-hmm. like making them laugh and stuff so that felt real to me mm-hmm. very so anna and nick go outside they get surrounded by zombies and are getting ready to make their final stand when steph arrives with her car is this where they sing "I Will Believe"? Her and Nick. Yep, right before yep, Steph. Yep, when they think they're out to go, when they think they're goners. Yep. yep. Another beautiful song. It is a beautiful song. Yep. And uh, and it right starts to snow. It starts to snow, and then Steph arrives in her car, saves them, and asks mm-hmm. where they should go. And her, I like her line there too, where she's like, uh, "I just saved your lives." Yeah. <laughs> Very nonchalant way of, of doing it. It was fun. Mm-hmm. And then they drive off into the unknown in the movie. Into, end, into question. Hollywood ending reprise. Yep. What a time to be alive. And Where do they go, though, y'all? Where do they go? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think we're going to get a sequel at Easter. Are you just throwing that out there? Or? I just that out oh, okay i'm like have you heard things <laughs> Let, let's leave it and, and see if we can start a rumor on the interwebs <laughs> <There you go. laughs> okay so do you want to what were your favorites what was your least favorite song of this film okay let me pull them all up real quick. Uh, are we gonna rank them yeah i don't know if i can rank them. <clears throat> are we just gonna do least and best because i'm gonna have to like listen to snippets to remind myself i'm gonna do least and best i can't rank them okay. all least and best you- who's first Ladies first. Julia, why don't you go first? Okay, so least favorites would be Nothing's Gonna Stop Me Now. Savage's song. I could do without it. I mean, I think it was necessary probably for him to have a song, but it's not my favorite. Um, Favorite songs would be Hollywood Ending, um, Turning My Life Around, and Breakaway, I think three. What about you, Tom? Uh, for least favorite, it's going to be the fish wrap. Uh, it was funny, but it doesn't add, it didn't add to the story to me. Um, nothing's going to stop me now and give them a show. I could have done without those. 
Um, for favorites, I'm going to go Human Voice, Hollywood Ending, Soldier at War, and Breakaway. I liked all of those. Least favorites, I'm going to The Fish Wrap. And I like that scene. It's just that song I could have done without. And Nothing's Going to Stop Me Now. Even though I agree with you, Julia, I feel like they needed to give him a song. But mm-hmm. I feel like they pro- could have probably done a better one mm-hmm. if they wanted to have one. Uh, favorites, Hollywood Ending, Turning My Life Around. And I don't know how much of that is a song or how much is just the awesome scene, but yeah, <laughs> probably my favorite sequence of the whole movie. Soldier at War and Give Them a Show. The only one I think you are missing is Human Voice. <laughs> the song was the song was so good. I, I, I mean, it's tough. Song. It's tough to narrow it down because they're all songs, so good for the most part, and it is hard. To all of them are good. Yeah, like I could easily say, you know, um, "I Will Believe" was a good sh- song, and I should have put it on there. Or um, mm-hmm. "Turning My Life Around" should have been could have been on my favorites too because it was so good. Mm-hmm. I could easily say if they wanted to expand this into a full-length musical for, like, the stage, add five more, and then do an act break. And... Because it's good quality. Like, the songs were musical quality. Oh, yeah. They're totally sing-alongable, too. Mm-hmm. Which is and the way that I judge whether or not something is a good musical, let's be frank. If yep. I'm compelled and want to and am able to sing along to it. In preparation of this episode, at work, I was listening to the soundtrack. Yeah, I'm going to be doing that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Got it. Um, I really like the last scene of the movie when we have our surviving characters singing in the car. And driving off, but you also pan back to our now zombie characters. And I want to say that I'm really glad they did that. It was super sweet in a weird way. But when you see Chris and Lisa and there's zombies in that room with all of the other ones and they're walking towards each other and you see that their hands kind of brush. It's like mm-hmm. they almost have a little humanity left in them and it's really kind of romantic and tragic at the same time. And then when you see John... And he has a sweater that he, he loves a sweater that he's uh-huh. wearing because it lights up and he's like a Christmas fanatic and he's like sitting on the ground and he's a zombie, but he like jerks and the lights come on and he looks down at the lights and he has this little like smile on his face. Yeah. I mean, it, it was sweet, but in a heartbreaking type of way. Yeah. Like I was really surprised that this movie wasn't. So I saw a review on IMDb that said the first half of the movie is awesome. The second half, not so much. And basically the girl without going into detail, the reviewer without going into detail said, you know, the movie opened up strong, but then it just really went off the rails and I do not like where they took it. Well, I'm going to say I really like where they took it. It wasn't just this fluffy bit of, you know, poof movie. It was like there was substance in this movie and there's real loss and there's our characters and how they deal with it. And it was... Just really surprising and really impressive to me. I know it's, it is impressive when you have like The Walking Dead, the character arcs just become so repetitive. Mm-hmm. Everything is just, we've seen this, we've seen this, you're doing this again, you're doing this again. Mm-hmm. We saw real character growth, we saw character arcs here, we saw Linus moments, stuff that mm-hmm. you would not expect out of a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, okay, so I'll, I'll use, for example, Zombieland, right? That movie's fun to watch. I love um, Zombieland. I do too. 
I'm not going to insult it. I do too. I enjoy it. It's a fun movie to watch. But do you walk away with any feelings from it? No. Mm. This well, movie, that's what I was expecting. This movie, I did. And that's pretty yeah. darn amazing. And But yeah. I think that none of us expected that going in. Especially the no. title. You're not expecting that from a title called Anna and the Apocalypse. You're expecting something no. zombie landish that, okay, this could be fun. Yeah, no, but, I honestly thought we wouldn't have any major character death. I thought all kids that go in come out alive as well. There might be parent fatalities, but that's fine because they're secondary. But that's what I expected from Zombieland too, right? Like, no, nothing is going to break me in this movie, right? Is what I went into it thinking. Might it was you say not nothing's? Might you say nothing's going to stop you now? Nothing's going to stop with this movie. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Um, uh, so, so we all agreed earlier on that this was a Christmas movie. So what in mm-hmm. your mind makes it a Christmas movie? Either of you who want to take that. Uh, you know, I'm going to steal the show here, Julia, because there's one thing I don't want to miss uh, saying, and that is that any movie that has a zombie Santa is 100% <laughs> a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> and this one had not one, but two. Yes. Yes. yes the movie yeah. ends on a zombie Santa. That ending was really, really cheesy. <laughs> I like oh, I loved it. <laughs> but you have to admit, it was cheesy. It was, it was. Oh, it was, it was total zombie movie cheese. Yeah. Well, yeah, they had to had to do that because it still is a zombie movie. But it felt like Christmas. It did feel like Christmas. I mean, it had sacrifice in it. It had that tight family bond with Anna. There's resolution there. There's redemption in the story, not just for Anna and her dad, but also for Nick. And, and I mean, most of these characters, there was just so, so much emotion in it. It made and me this, feel Christmassy. For sure. And like we said, the scene 100% showed. Yeah. Oh, I love the how beautiful that scene with the snow at the end was. That gave me... Mm-hmm. That felt and looked like Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you know what I'm excited about this week? I think it's the return to favorite quotes which we've been lacking recently. Yep. Big time. So I'm going to go first and steal it before either of you can steal it. I know which one you're going to say. We have a Harry Potter reference this movie. Yeah. We did. Fire and I... It's when Anna and John are talking, and Anna's like, I'm Dasher, I'm Dancer, on the other ones. And John is like, Firebolt? No, that's Harry Potter's broom. And she's like, oh no, we can't hang out anymore. You're too sad. You've hit, like, peak sad. And John is like, they were a very popular book series. Series of books. <laughs> uh, I, so it's not really one quote in particular, but I like how they keep going through all the celebrities that are now zombies. Yes. That was so <laughs> funny. But my favorite interaction is between Anna and Nick at the beginning where Nick comes up and he's offering to like, they can hook up or whatever, you know, and she's like, you're such a child. And Nick looks a sexy child. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> Goodbye, Nick. And she's like, he's like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I did like the, the scene with all the, celebrities that were turning into zombies and why certain ones would never ever ever turn into zombies like robert Downey jr because he's surrounded himself in electric fencing (laughs) and like john has this fascination with iron man throughout the movie which also made me laugh (laughs) i really enjoyed with with his lasers they're not lasers they're more like what does he call them blasters uh uh, 
Yeah, they're blasphemers. No, they but a better word. Recursors. Recursors, that's what he says. I like that. Um, I'm going to say my favorite scene in the movie is Anthony's, or at least one of Anthony's favorite scenes where they are both walking, you know, with the ear, with the headphones in and oblivious. It was, it was a beautiful, beautiful scene. 100%. I loved that. <laughs> that's that's probably one of my favorite horror movie scenes hands mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i like another john and interaction uh and again i just found their friendship like so real in this film like just their using and everything i think you're and about john- to steal my next quote i really do <laughs> and john tells her you smell like a shoe and Anna says, Christmas is fast becoming my least favorite C word. And, and John says, you won't be saying that if you were dressed like a festive legend. And Anna's like, you're right. Oh, wait, 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 wait. And he, at that point, he turns the, the Christmas lights on on his Christmas sweater. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and Anna says, you're right. Dressed like that, you look like a massive C word. <laughs> <laughs> I liked... Um, Steph's first real kill, not the toilet kill, I guess that was her real kill, but her first kill in the bowling alley where everybody else is fighting at the same time. Um, the zombie chases her and he's leaning over the counter that goes into the kitchen and she takes the spoon and she just has a spoon and he she is freaked out until he puts his hands on her chest and she's like, oh, heck no. And then she shoves that spoon up into his head. She's most definitely a feminist of the very strongest sort. She was not about to be taken advantage of by a zombie. So I liked, and I don't like the song, but like I said earlier, there are some lines in Savage's song that I liked. Like when he sings about how all these kids have are always thinking, texting, tweeting every thought that's in your vacuous heads. You never do the work, just muck and chuck and pass the buck down the queue. You're a wasted generation. Compensation is now long overdue. And I feel like he's just voicing the problem of everyone who is older than like, you know, a millennial currently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And he goes on to say youth is uh, wasted on young. Now my time is coming around. Like I liked some of those lyrics. You know, uh, Chris and Steph in the Human Voice song, they have something similar. They say, we've become technology made of code and binary. What the heck is left for me? Tell me that it's not too late. How much longer must I wait? I want to communicate. I need a human voice, something that I can hold on to. It's all sta- mm-hmm. the static noise. I need someone to break on through. It's kind of this, it's going along. Song. It is. It is such a good song. So I like... Again, I, I know you didn't like it, Tom. I like to give them a show. And again, I like some of the lyrics in that one. Like when Anna sings about, there's some things in life that you just can't control. But I'm ready to fight. I was born for this role. I'll do all I can before I go to my grave. There's good on this earth and it's worth trying to save. And Mr. Savage's line back to her say a purge on the species is long overdue all, all humanity's broken our story is done as the set catches fire might as well have some fun i just like those dueling songs back and forth there are quite a few lines that made that made me laugh from it's that time of year that are not appropriate for us to quote on the podcast oh my they're gosh so, they're so uh uh innuendo so laden Double on Tom. 
does this movie pass the Linus test? Yep. Yep. We see the scene where Nick comes around and apologizes and breaks down, like realizes, you know, what's been off, really, like what the, the what's been missing in his life. Mm-hmm. Anna and her dad. Uh, yep. Okay. You want to rank this thing? Yeah. I'm going with a 7.98. I'm going with an 8.9. I am coming in at an 8.4. Which gives us an average of 8.427, which puts it at number 10 on our list. Nice. Wow. Between Home, Al- between Home Alone and The Secret Santa slash Joyous Noel. Although... Did we agree last week with Jerry DeVillo that Muppet Christmas, not Muppet Christmas, Muppet Family Christmas had to move? I think so. I think we voted on that on the, and we all decided. Okay. So that puts that number nine on this list then, because everyone got, everything got shifted up. So the Secret Santa and Joyous Noel are still number 10. And that would put, by the way, a Muppet Family Christmas at number five on our TV list in between Frosty the Snowman and Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay. Mm, I don't know how much I like that. Guys, I was so Should happy to have a fun episode after the past few weeks. Yes. <laughs> Me too. This is much needed. Much needed. And I feel like we're only going to have more fun as we get closer to Christmas because our schedule for the next three months rocks. Yeah, it does. It's all right, I guess. So do we want to take a guess I mean, and, try to, and try to guess how many of our listeners have actually seen this movie, by the way? Because it was got such a limited release, and it's not like it got a lot of hype or anything. How many do we think have actually seen it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to guess and say none. Who comment anybody? None who comment regularly. Okay. Um, I am going to say more people have seen the movies we have coming up in the next two weeks. Next week being Edward Scissorhands. Yep. And the following week being The Family Stone. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And then we only have... Oh my god. This year's going so fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, year always does. Mm-hmm. Like, I, we were trying to figure out... Me and Sarah were trying to figure out plans today with somebody we haven't seen in a while. And they were like, can you do this weekend? No, we're busy this weekend. And we're like, busy the next, like... Every weekend for the next like month and a half. Oh gosh, it's happening. It's tough. We only have we only have twelve more episodes until Christmas, y'all. That is insane. So I'm really interested in feedback. I really want to know if people that don't like zombie movies or horror in general, if they give it a chance and watch it, if they then enjoy it. So I'm super interested on the feedback. I hope we actually are bringing a movie that not a lot of people have seen into people's lives and that that really drives traffic. Um, I don't know where y'all watched it at. I'm doing an Epic's free trial for a week on Amazon to watch it. (laughs) Because they literally, they literally just took it off of Netflix. Okay. See, I thought it used to be on Netflix. I think it went off September 1st. I, I I bought it because I know I'll watch it again. Yeah, see, and, and now I know that would have been a, a good choice for me to do as well. Um, so yeah, if you want to reach out and talk to us and engage in some of our chatter, you can do that in a few different places. Um, best way to find any of our social medias is going to tisthepodcast.com backslash Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit. Um, we don't get to Patreon from there, do we? Yep. 
Patreon, um, all of the different ways you can talk to us and just pick your platform and come and chat because we're really active on all of them and we're really interested in what you have to say. And on Reddit and our website, we have our lists, the ranking. We know we've been shifting a few things the past few weeks just to the TV list from one list. We've just been shifting things on our main list a little bit. So uh, if you want to see where everything falls, you know, check out the website or our Reddit. We have the list on prominent display on both of those pages. Nice. And I mentioned Patreon, but but what is Patreon again? Pay us money, get cool content. We're doing bonus episodes. This month we'll be dropping um, our It's a Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown episode on Patreon for some new content. And we've got stickers, new stickers that will hopefully get mailed eventually. We'll, you'll get your Christmas card from Tis the Podcast. You can host an episode with us. You pick the episode and host it. There are a lot of options there. So for as little as a dollar a month, you can become a Patreon. Head over to tisthepodcast.com slash Patreon to learn more. Man, guys, this is such a fun episode. This is, and we were on such a high this episode. Do we want to end it on a high, too? Do either of you have news to end this episode on a high? Am I supposed to? Am I supposed to? Do it, Tom. What am I doing? Yeah, what news do we have? What, what are we hinting at? I'm confused. How the time till Christmas? Oh, how many days oh. until Christmas? <laughs> okay. I was going to say brown. <laughs> I, don't, I don't... I was not picking that up either. I'm like... Honestly, what do we? What do we know? Literally, just put it in Slack. Do they know? <laughs> we only have eighteen hundred and ninety-six hours until Christmas, which is only seventy-nine days, which is eleven weeks. That's insane, y'all. It's our Christmas shopping. I know. Right. I, have to, I have to shop. I have to figure out baking. I have to get decorations out. I have to go see Santa. I have to write my list. I have to send my letter. All right, y'all. Do your homework. Watch Edward Scissorhands, and we will be back next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Shepherd, you're so wrong, you don't have a clue A purge on this species is long overdue All humanity's broken, our story is done As the set catches fire, might as well have some fun So raise the curtain, hit the light Strike up the band for the final night And if it is my time to go You're a mad man Guess the truth can be hard to hear sometimes You've been losing your mind and it's sad man No, I finally see where I once was blind And I have never felt so much bliss Oh, how can you take pleasure in this? It's been said the world's a stage And everyone must play their part